Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. At half past six this morning, I woke up and I looked over to my right and I saw my beautiful baby girl. And I thought to myself, I thought, self, we've always had a bit of trouble with these Saudi Arabia shows, haven't we? If you go back into the archives of Russ Talk, you will see that Ollie and I didn't actually review the greatest Royal Rumble, not only because of like uh, political reasons, but also we thought it's probably going to be irrelevant. And, you know, history has shown that we were pretty much correct on that. Where's that green belt? And then, you know, other things started to happen. Uh, the murder of Jamal Khashoggi certainly made things very, very awkward. It is a place who have beliefs that do not agree with my own. Certain family members that I have would be murdered uh, over there just because of uh, their sexual orientation. And then you couple that with awful, terrible wrestling shows that they often are, lest we forget uh, Brock Lesnar completely burying Ricochet, Shane McMahon being the best in the world, Undertaker versus Goldberg, Goldberg beating The Fiend, lest we forget Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement for one of the worst wrestling matches I have ever borne witness to. With all of that said, Hey, Crown Jewel 2021 was all right, wasn't it? It was a pretty good show. Uh, welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D, and I'm joined by my very, very good friend. I'm so thrilled to have him on the show once again, SP3. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. This is the dad edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. We 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 reminisce <laughs> off uh, dad experiences. I got to rewind back a year <laughs> ago when I was a first time dad and talk to Luke about it before we went live. And now we get to talk about arguably, and I hate to say it, one of the best WWE pay per views this year. Like I easily. It, cringeworthy to say that because of where it is and everything that luke just went over but i think that it's really in the running honestly 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, as someone has just pointed out in the comments there, an incredibly low bar to leap over in terms of, like, the best Saudi Arabia show ever. Like, yeah, very low bar. To, to, like, just, you can trip over the bar. It's that low. But they managed, like, they, they, they leapt over that bar to easily put on, uh, yeah, easily the best Saudi Arabia show they've ever done. Secondly, yeah, like you say, I thought it was better than SummerSlam. I thought it was better than both nights of WrestleMania. I think this is easily WWE's best pay-per-view they have done this year. And I was listening to a podcast uh, this morning while I was sort of like in between sort of doing work and stuff. I was getting ready for, for the day and I was listening to a podcast that was talking about Walt Disney. And they were talking about like it was a podcast that was kind of reflecting on, on Walt's death and what that had meant for the Walt Disney brand and sort of the animation and stuff. And they were talking about on there that like the, the, the host of the show was saying like, you know, a lot of uh, Walt's political stances are not ones that I particularly agree with. I, I am not like he has he has done and he has said some things that I think that are regrettable and certainly not that I would agree with. But I can separate that from you, you, you can't deny of the impact that he has had on animation, Hollywood, yeah. film. You can't deny that legacy. Theme parks, like, you know, you can't deny that legacy, right? So as an adult, as a man who was in my mid-30s, nearing into my late 30s now, um, creeping towards that 40 mark, I am now a dad. I am able to separate the two things. So yes, while I do not agree with the Saudi Arabia politics and the way that they uh, conduct them, uh, conduct themselves politically, and I don't agree with a lot of their um, those values, I can look at this as a wrestling show. And as a wrestling show, boy, howdy. This, this, I mean, T to B, top to bottom. Yeah. I can only think of one match on this card that was a bit of a dud, which was the Queen. I, I haven't been watching for a month. It's the Queen's Crown Tournament. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yes, the Queen's Crown Tournament. <laughs> and even that, I, I know you haven't been watching for a month. They had a low bar to exceed. It's the best <laughs> match of the Queen's Crown Tournament. <laughs> even I, I mean, yeah, I have. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the matches in the lead up to it. I've heard that they were basically TikTok videos, um, but I hadn't actually seen it. But yet, like, that was pretty much the only dud on the card. And even then, weren't bad. It wasn't, no. like, terrible. It was just, it was, like, three minutes and they were gone. Yeah, it was about, I think, just short of uh, six minutes, which also, I should tell you, that doubles the amount of time that the other <laughs> tournament matches received. So it, it had a low bar, like I said, to exceed. But like we'll get into when after the like first match on the main show, I was like, this is the best Saudi Arabia WWE match I've ever seen. And then someone asked me, what was the previous best Saudi Arabia match I've ever seen? I was like, um... <laughs> Is it, I don't, I don't even I'm, know. Is it Mansoor versus Cesaro? Is that the best Saudi Arabia match? You you might be right. I would say one of the Mansoor matches, either the one against Cesaro or the one against Ziggler, were were pretty yeah. pretty good. But even that, like that's like a if, you, if we're doing it on the Melcher scale, that's like three <laughs> three and a half stars. And we had uh, probably oh, I might be pushing it. <laughs> We had probably one, two, and three, the three best Saudi Arabia matches on this one show. Oh, yeah. The, the Hell in a Cell match that kicked us off with uh, Edge and Rollins. Dude, that match slapped. It was yeah. so, so good. The triple threat 
um, for the SmackDown Women's Championship was amazing. And like Drew versus Beige, I I wasn't hugely into like the build that they had done for it because I'm so over the can they coexist. Like I I was you know I was listening to podcasts. Like I wasn't watching the shows, but I was listening to Wrestle Talk. I was listening to yeah. Fightful. Uh, I was listening to uh, Going in Raw. I was listening to as many podcasts as I possibly could to review the show. And I was like. Yeah, I'm I'm not into that whatsoever. But man, once those two got in the ring and that bell rung, I was like, this is wicked. It's so good. And like the main event, Lesnar Reigns, aside from that finish, was real good. Uh, another one where they, they didn't have the highest bar to see, but I would say just behind like WrestleMania 31, arguably one of the better uh, Brock and Roman matches. Like when yeah. you think about WrestleMania 34 and SummerSlam, those weren't really matches. At least they gave us about 12 minutes. We had a very creative finish to it uh, with, with Heyman getting involved. So there was a lot to like on this show. And like I said, I would, it had that feeling that you got on with Money in the Bank when the fans first came back. You could really tell the Saudi Arabia fans really were like amped for them to be there like i had to just re-watch the kickoff match and their energy for that was on was on 10 even before the main show even starts you remember like going back to the greatest royal rumble when it was like a really because they like they had that sort of like sofa area like on across the hard cam and stuff and there were just people who were just on their phones or just walking back and forth and just chatting amongst themselves and being like this is a really weird crowd atmosphere like it is it's kind of hard to get into the wrestling because like a lot of this is is so bizarre right but this crowd man like this felt like one of the better crowds i think wwe has had all year long like you know crowds have been hot for certain things like you know like particularly that money in the bank you mentioned like you know first night back fans are in the audience everyone's like amped for things but we have had some wwe shows since fans have come back where it's like this crowd don't seem like they care like they're here but i don't think they're that bothered that they're here this crowd were here and they were loving it from the moment that kickoff match happened between the Usos and the Hurt Business to the very end of that show when Roman Reigns held aloft the Universal title and, you know, after retaining it, the crowd were like at a 10, possibly 11, all night long. Yeah, just the energy, especially like with what you just said, with the SmackDown Women's Championship match, like just their energy like you could tell they really were they they felt like it was very special that type of matchup because you know we know the history with women's matches in saudi arabia and they just the the women went out there and they felt that energy and it was just a a great moment a great crowd uh like, like we just said up there with money in the bank uh, I, I definitely say it, it sees SummerSlam. So, uh, WrestleMania Night One is probably in the running for one of the better uh, shows. But yeah, like we said, it's in the running top three WWE matches of easily. The year. I mean, WWE oh. pay per views of the year easily. So if I mean, if I was to put you on the spot, like before we like run through the whole show and everything, if I was to put you on the spot and say your match of the night, what are you thinking? I'm going to go with the Hell in a Cell because like they they actually had a bar to set because their SummerSlam match stole the show. Their Madison Square Garden match was one of the better SmackDown matches of the year, and they exceed both of those. I would say it's in the running. It's in the top three conversation with the WrestleMania triple threat with Brian, Roman, and Edge, as well as Walter and Dragunov from TakeOver 36 as the best WWE match this year. Man, Edge this year 
has just like this has been because you know we were all really excited for him to return last year right he had the return of the rumble we were like that's awesome and then he had that wrestlemania match with uh with randy orton which i think is still going on to this day <laughs> and <laughs> that that one good and then he got injured at the in the backlash greatest match ever like it was a match that was hampered by the branding right and then this year, this return that he's had in 2021, like the, I, I think this is the actual edge return now. Yeah. Cause you're right. Like he had a great rumble that WrestleMania main event was so, so great. And then this series with Rollins, aside from the Rollins house invasion stuff, can't fault it. And like as a trilogy of matches, Mwah, muy buen. Uh, I've been mad. I've been so into it. And this actually felt like a hell in a cell match that, it really felt like one, like yes. for the first yes. time in years. Oh, go figure. You don't put a Hell in a Cell match <laughs> on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And it actually feels like it's necessary to have a Hell in a Cell match. But like they're the callbacks that they had uh, to Edge's passing the Hell in a Cell, to Rollins passing the Hell in a Cell, to their previous matches. This is everything that I want in a major matchup. And I 100% agree with you like put edge is uh 2020 in in a bin and act like it didn't exist we had we had the raw rubble return and then he got in and then we had no we had the raw rubble return and then the night after with the angle with randy orton and then he was out for a year let's just pretend yeah, yeah. That, like that happened and then he came back this year because this feels like a very necessary run for him yeah i i, I was a massive fan of that match i think like if i was to pick a match out for the night though it was the triple threat for me I, I adored, adored that triple threat match. Baggy t-shirts aside, I it's it's hard and it's and I feel bad for them wrestling in those baggy t-shirts, particularly because they've got the bodysuits on underneath, but they have to wear the, yeah. the you know, but that that's it is what it is. There's nothing we can really change about that. And they're so great. Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch are so great that halfway through that match, I stopped focusing on the t-shirts. And I didn't, and it didn't, and I didn't notice it because I was so invested in what they were doing and the story that they were telling. That is how great they are at doing this. Yeah, I I was really like blown away because the 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 shirts and the baggy t shirts it throws me off at the beginning and it definitely threw me off with the Zelina and Dewdrop matchup. Um, but yeah, I just totally ignored that. Bianca Belair was unreal with her strength that one arm gorilla press slam was ridiculous becky lynch selling was on point sasha banks is one of the greatest female wrestlers of all time and she proved that again here and i i, I would put it like if it wasn't for edge and rollins this would be you know the blow away match of the night but i would put it right up there with bianca and sasha for the wwe women's match of the year This episode of the Wrestle Talk. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped.com, the global brand for men's grooming and hygiene products. Keep your undertakers nice and trim with the all-in-one kit that makes manscaping easy using the Lawnmower 4.0 waterproof electronic trimmer. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the perfect package 4.0, you'll get two free gifts: the shed travel bag and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs. Now, let's talk about these boxer briefs because boy, howdy! Are they some comfy pants? For years, I've been the guy who buys comedy underwear with cartoon or video game characters because, hey, I'm a cool dad in my mid-30s, but they aren't really that comfy and are also slightly embarrassing if you're trying to get in the mood, if you catch my very unsubtle drip, but not with the Manscaped ones, which I am legit wearing right now, because not only are they super comfy and look great, they have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling techno with their crop cooling technology the waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing and with sizes up to triple xl you'll know that there will be a fit for you go to manscape.com forward slash wttv and get 20 percent off with free international shipping with the promo code wttv that's manscape.com promo code wttv for 20 percent off and free international shipping Thanks to Manscaped.com for sponsoring this episode, who are keeping your balls lovely.
Right, well, let's get into your ultra chats based on this. You can join in the conversation, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. It's my first podcast back in uh, over four weeks. It feels weird. Um, like, uh, I mean, I'm going to level with USP3. I mean, I, I, you know this because you were sat at the back end waiting for me. I arrived to this show about 20 seconds before we went live. Because <laughs> I, I, I had my lunch a bit late. And I was watching an episode of Taskmaster on t- last night's Taskmaster, in fact, on TV. And my wife said to me, I was like, when are you going live? And I said, three o'clock. And she was like, are you going to have time? And I was like, I mean, the show will end soon. Oh, it ended. And I literally ran upstairs. And I sat down and I was like, I'm not ready. I haven't set my screen up or anything. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling a bit like all over the show, to be honest. But thank you all so much for joining us. But hey, after this show is done, four o'clock. I want you to go and head on over to the main Wrestle Talk channel because Ollie Davis's punishment video for losing the last series of Wrestle League, him doing his cover of the classic Fozzie song Judas, will be going live on the Wrestle Talk channel at 4 p.m. I've seen it and it's pretty glorious. And of course, Wrestling Daily as well as P3. Got to put you over as well, my brother. Uh, but you. let's get into your ultra chats. Bezo Banks says, Yay, Luke. Can't believe I enjoyed this show. But WWE had the best opportunity this week to give Bianca the Raw title and Sasha the SmackDown title and do Bel Air Banks 3 at uh, Survivor Series. Faithfully decided not to do that. Probably gives a title swap and Becky Charlotte 6,000. So, what do we do with those titles now? Because as Bezo Banks pointed out there, Raw star Becky Lynch has the SmackDown Women's Championship and SmackDown star Charlotte Flair is on SmackDown tonight with the Raw Women's Championship. I've heard a lot of people talking about renaming them, doing the belt swap, this and the other. Where do you stand on this? Um, I would love for the renaming. I would love for them to do a title unification. Uh, you know, you can, you can sell some more Becky Two Belt shirts, of course, but... I, I always with WWE, I don't go with what I want. I don't go with my heart. I think with my brain. I've learned over 30 years, you can't put those type of expectations on WWE because you're working to disappoint yourself. So you have to think like WWE, we're just going to get a title swap. We'll get a matchup at, at Survivor Series, which is the match a lot of people wanted before Becky returned. They wanted her to go to Monday Night Raw and verse uh, Charlotte Flair. So we're going to get that at Survivor Series. So that's all fine and dandy. But I, I would love for them to rename the belts, the WWE Women's World Championship, WWE Women's Universal Championship. And therefore, you could switch it at any point. You, like you can switch the WWE and the Universal Champion at any point. You could choose you could switch the Intercontinental and the US Champion at any point. We I, I would love for them to do anything to avoid what happened last year with Street Profits and New Day, but that's the route that we're going towards. And that's the route that I assumed they were going to go with as soon as Charlotte Flair was drafted to SmackDown. I would like to see them not really... What I would like to see is Becky just be across both shows. You know, she's basically yeah. just going to SmackDown and be like, I'm the SmackDown Women's Champion. Like, you can't stop me from coming here. Yeah, I'm technically your Raw star. But, like, it's a way for you to get Becky and Charlotte on both shows, which would probably be the networks True. would probably love. So I, I could totally go with, with something along those lines. Renaming is certainly an option. I could see Survivor Series, Becky versus Flair, title for title, whether you do it as a uh, winner takes all or you do it as a two-fall match where you have both belts on the line, and then you can essentially do this title switch that way. Yeah, I, there's there, there's some fairly options there, but I, I, I can't see them doing the title switch. 
like the handing over the street property. I they they can't. There's no way. There's no way they do that, right? It's gonna happen. <laughs> like I, I, I just I'm unfortunately like like these are these no are the type way. of things. There's there's certain things on this show where I was just was like, this is gonna happen, right? The title switch. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get into it. But Goldberg beating Bobby Lashley, I was like, we never did get Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. So Goldberg wasn't drafted to a show. It's an easy opponent for Roman. You only got one other guy in Drew McIntyre to burst him on SmackDown. So you might as well get that match out of the way as well. So yeah, they, there was a lot of things on the show that I was like, I hope this doesn't happen, but I know WWE, it's going to happen. Uh, Charles Berg, uh, who did uh, note in the chat that he's a bit salty with his message today. But listen, we've got to say, Charles, uh, the show being good is irrelevant to me. They could put on the best pay-per-view ever. It still wouldn't wash away the putrid iron stench of blood that drips off each dollar that lines Vince's pockets. Greed will always dictate what Vince does in life. I mean, you're not wrong. No, absolutely <laughs> not wrong with that. <laughs> I, I've been saying it for years. WWE cares about the bottom line. They don't care what any of us think. Oh God, no! No, we, we don't matter. Like we, we are. In fact, we are. We are literally the bottom line. We're paying him to watch his products. Um, Simon Satkanales says, um, I, "I believe this is Run the Jewels. Uh, all the jewels are slag. The best we've ever had. Pretty sure that's." From the jewels i might be wrong on that uh the best we've ever had just a memory and those shows weren't as daft as they seemed not as daft as they seem my boys when we dream them up uh plasma feedy says welcome back luke good to see you i was watching with a friend but missed the king of the ring match because i had to meet with my boss when i saw his text i was so so happy um yeah we will get to the king of the ring final momentarily but you did it guys you, you did it well you, you did the thing and we're, i'm so, seeing the outpour of love for woods getting that king of the ring is just been oh wonderful to see I, I i submitted my wrestle league predictions late yesterday to to andy um because i'm bad at my job and i'm i'm, I'm running a bit behind on things and um i i, I messed him and i said i thought it was going to be Dewdrop winning uh queen's crown and i thought it was going to be woods winning king of the ring and he was like i don't think woods is winning and I was like, really? He was like, I just don't think Woods is going to win. I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people thought that Jinder was going to be the one to, to run to the end. And then I've seen some very, you know, very good arguments to say that Finn has just come off a big universal loss. Like, do you want to then give him a King of the Ring loss as well? My sure. argument to that is that wins and losses don't matter in WWE. So it really doesn't like, it doesn't matter if he loses. He can lose 10 matches in a row now and it will just be Universal Champion Contender or WWE Championship Contender the week after. It honestly doesn't matter. Seth Rollins lost at WrestleMania. The next paper he was challenging for this title. It doesn't matter. But let's get into the show itself. We do have quite a bit to cover here, including uh, our opening contest of Edge versus Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell. I think you and I have said quite a bit on this already, but the spot that I wanted to particularly highlight from this, I think it's the spot that everyone loved. It's Seth Rollins being pushed off the top rope into the cage and then through a table. They've been doing Hell in a Cell matches now for nearing 30 years yeah like that's that's an insane number right like come 19 come 2028 or 2027 in fact 
I mean, 30 years that we've been doing Hell in a Cell matches. And you have come up with a spot that I, I can't recall anyone else doing. No. Hats off to those two. Thought it was great. Yeah, I do. It was just so much innovation. The the stuff that I loved the, the most was the callbacks. You had Edge calling back to his 2008 uh, Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker with the top rope uh, elbow drop with the steel chair. Even Michael Cole bringing it up. Michael Cole acknowledged something from what? 13 years ago that's so oh, yeah. rare for for michael cole who doesn't know the difference between a disarmer and a cross arm breaker for him to <laughs> mention something from 13 years ago it, yeah, it, yeah. it made my mark heart so much bigger watching this matchup uh you know rollins bringing out the toolbox to to reminisce from where his character went down a drain in the hell in a cell and uh you know the the wrench in the mouth and then the full circle of the ending was the best part for me because this whole rivalry dates back to 2014 when Seth Rollins was going to give the stomp to Edge surgically repaired neck. And then Edge hits the stomp on Rollins on the steel chair to get the victory. This was just a great match, a great blow off. One of the better Hell in a Cell matches that we've seen in the last couple of years. Probably the best Hell in a Cell match by men. I would say in in quite some time because I when I think about all the better Hell in a Cell match I think about Becky and Sasha I think about Sasha and Bailey it's been a while since the men had us like this type of quality inside Hell in a Cell and Edge and Rollins definitely delivered here. The only other one I could think of from the men's side of things and I was a massive fan of this was Roman J. Um, yeah, that's true. Title because sure. they, but like, but that wasn't a match that was about the cell. Like that was just a match. Like that match didn't need to be inside the cell. Like that had all the drama, like inside the ring. This was a match that was a, a Hell in a Cell match. It needed to be inside Hell in a Cell. The story needed it to be inside Hell in a Cell, and that rules. And I, yeah, I was a huge, huge fan of this. Um, so if this, but like both of them are on Raw now, um, I don't know where you go next with Edge. Um, Oh, Rollins for them. And I, I thought they would do Rollins Reigns. I really did, but they've moved them across line. They're on separate brands. Where do you see both men going? I I think that we, we've heard on like the house shows that they've been doing uh Seth Rollins and Big E. And like you just said, there there's a precedent for Seth Rollins <laughs> losing feuds and then going on to the WWE championship scene. So it oh, only yeah. would make sense. And that's a good opponent for Big E. Big E just had a you know a couple of good title defenses against Lashley and McIntyre. Rollins is another guy that will definitely deliver that with him. I think for Edge, he's on this kind of like he wants to verse all the guys he never got to verse. And one of the main guys, you know, we'll talk about uh, later. He lost a big title match on this show. AJ Styles, I would love to see him against. Um, Edge might see the writing on the wall and be like, hey, give me Kevin Owens before he gets out of here, before he gets out of here so I can have a better match with him and brag about it to uh, Christian when we have our, our weekly uh, phone calls. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that there's a lot of different guys that Edge can go for. Edge could possibly say that he wants to get back to the WWE title scene because he was very adamant after the win against uh, Seth Rollins at SummerSlam that he wanted to get back to the Universal title since he felt like Rollins screwed him out of that at money in the bank he could say he wants to go for the wwe championship so there's a lot of different ways they can go about it but i definitely see rollins and big e is one of the next major uh feuds that they're going to have on monday night raw um speaking of the the big pops that we got throughout this night 
man man mansoor was announced from you know f- you know originally from yeah. Riyadh, saudi arabia crowd came electric for that i mean they came electric for the lad that came out afterwards as well whose name i will likely get wrong even though i've got it written down here in front of me um but this was this was actually one of the matches I was most looking forward to on this card because I really like Mansoor and I love Mustafa Ali. I I think that both these guys were. I was really enjoying their tag team and I was gutted to hear that they'd split them up. Um, and I get why they split them up is so you could have this match here. Yeah. Uh, I I hope that we do get something out of this. I hope Mansoor does get something out of this. My worry for Mansoor is that he is just he is a party trick for WWE. He is brought out when they have to do a Saudi Arabia show. So like there's every chance he could Damien Priest this situation and basically just go missing from TV because he doesn't have a feud now and then just crop up early next year because they're going back into, uh, to, you know, for February or whatever it is to do another Saudi Arabia show. And I don't want that for him. I would love to see Mansoor get a proper storyline, a proper run off the back of this. Most likely we're just going to get repeats of this match uh, on, are they on the same are they on the same show now? I, be- I believe they got moved to SmackDown. I think both of them are they, did. Or are uh, they both on SmackDown? Now? Yeah, I believe so. Because yeah? I was, I think I was. I, 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 it's very. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be honest no with you. Any anybody <laughs> that got drafted to the other show off the show, I'm not really sure where they're going to be until tonight. Until uh, tonight when I watch uh, SmackDown, but I think they are both on um, the SmackDown roster because they were a part of the people that are going to be in a separate plane going to. Right the location for smackdown so i i think it's safe to say that but yeah i thought this match was rock solid um mm-hmm. this felt like the first time that Mansoor actually had a story going into a match at saudi arabia but i call him the undertaker of saudi arabia events so i think that they're only gonna focus on him only giving him opportunity ahead of saudi arabia events but we could maybe the next one i think probably in like march or april we could see him in like a mid-card title match where he gets a shot at either what the u.s title or the intercontinental title depending on what brand he's on and he gets that victory and then they have to do something with them outside of these events so I hope that's where we're going because he has what four four victories he won the battle royal the cesaro match the Dolph match and now this one he's four and oh at the saudi arabia event so they need to put focus on that and his winning streak there and you know have a payoff with him winning a title i thought it was going to be maybe him in a tag team championship match with his tag team with ali at this event but they went with the feud instead because vince loves to break up tag teams and have them verse each other and then repeat the the matchup over and over again so hopefully we're leading to something here it's because he realized that they had too many tag teams you know like how we've all been sitting here saying like there are no tag teams on this company and then all of a sudden we woke up when it was like holy hell there's 10 tag teams on each brand it's like there's what split them up because too many tag teams um yeah i and also as well ali it did an incredible job of making mansoor look awesome yeah i, I want big things for this man i I mean, actually, no, he won't be in a 24-7 stuff because he's now on SmackDown. So there's a good thumbs up. But I would like to see him get something uh, out of this. And then after all of this happened, Mansoor wins with this uh, slingshot neck breakup. I, I, I wrote my notes here. That was a perfect pal- palate cleanser to the Hell in a Cell match. Wonderful little palate cleanser. And I thought it was terrific. All of a sudden, this lad walks out because Ali beats up Mansoor after the match. This guy walks out and the crowd are like, hmm, what's, what's, what's all this here? Uh, the crowd are like, I'm not sure what's going on here. And he takes off, um, I, I do not know what the correct term is for the, 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 the headgear, so apologies for that, but he takes it off. 
and the crowd goes ballistic for this guy. Uh, Tariq Hamadi, I believe his name, Hamdi, maybe. I, be- I believe you you actually got it right on the first try. I think that was that was good. That was better than what I did on the Wrestling Daily uh, <laughs> Crown Jewel Pulse show. <laughs> oh yeah, apologies. You've had to review the show twice as well. I, you know, I, I was aware of that. I was aware. Of that. So I was like, no, I, like I, I mean. <laughs> I had a feeling you asked me because you knew that I did that show. So you're like, oh, I don't have to force anybody to watch this show. I already know you watched it. <laughs> no, I mean, I figured you'd watched it. I mean, I knew you'd watched it anyway. And I was like, I feel bad that I'm asking him to review it again. But like, <laughs> Denise has said she can't do it. And I really want to do a show with SP3. Um, but yes, uh, so he comes out and he is a, I've, I've got it here, silver medalist in Taekwondo at this year's Olympics. Boots Ali in the face. Ali does this amazing sell for it. A fun stuff this was. I, I I very much enjoyed this. Yes, this was the perfect spot for this matchup because you know that Mansoor is going to get a reaction because he's the hometown hero. Then, you know, I, I was confused when Ali attacked him from behind. I was like, Mansoor not standing tall at a Saudi Arabia event? What's going on here? And then uh, he came out and I, I heard the reports that they were going to have the the gold medalist, uh, that's uh, the silver medalist who's from there, uh, come out during the show. So I thought it was him originally. Then I just had, I'm, I'm doing a watch along on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel channel and people are saying oh it's our truth i'm like why would it be our truth but i was like it threw me off a little bit so when i when you heard the pop for him you knew it was uh the olympian and it was a, a great spot a great moment for them and his roundhouse kick was 100 better than omos's roundhouse kick so oh there's a, a, a sp3 I, i'm i'm gonna stop you right there <laughs> I, I believe omos has the greatest roundhouse kick in all of sports entertainment don't you be don't you be disparaging omos's round roundhouse kick of the massive bucky areas for podcast listeners <laughs> roundhouse kick my ass um apparently as well uh, i i missed this but apparently michael cole kept calling him a karate player michael cole was just like out there we didn't even talk about during hell in a cell michael cole when uh seth rollins does the unprettier he says that steph rollins <laughs> is stealing edges on prettier i was like what what so christian christian doesn't even exist now he didn't even yeah, exist no, he-, he never did that move it's edges oh, yeah. unprettier edges now. move now oh yeah yeah it's out of continuity now um at a lovely little in-ring segment with Titus O'Neil and Natalia uh with some breast cancer survivors can't hate on breast cancer survivors now no. can you um even if it is at a Saudi show um speaking of the greatest roundhouse kick in all of sports entertainment AJ and Amos um went for the raw tag themselves once again against RK bro house show match nothing bad it was just a solid house show match six seven minutes or whatever it was uh RK bro win yeah it's totally fine yeah this was just okay i can't say it was bad it was it wasn't that good but it was just fine for what it was it was it felt like a raw match we got the rko out of midair you got the the floating bro to get the win how omos was selling a uh drop in his neck on the top rope for that long i i i'm I mean, that's the way they got to do these matches with Omos and AJ Styles. So it worked for me. I have nothing bad to say about it. Uh, I'm I'm kind of done with AJ and Omos as a tag team now because their matches follow yeah. all the, the the same formula, and I'm kind of I'm done with it now. Having said that, I do not want a, an Omos singles run. Um, what I would like is an AJ singles run with Omos as like the bodyguard there with him, being the Diesel to a Shawn Michaels. That I can get on yeah. board with. 
Yeah, because he almost is not ready yet to be on his own. But if we can get back to where we were at the end of uh, 2020, where he was the bodyguard to AJ, AJ was in the WWE Championship scene. He's another good, uh, great guy to verse either Big E or Edge or one of the. I mean, give me Finn Balor versus uh, AJ Styles for sure. But we know that this is AJ's role right now is to groom Omos because Omos is going to be there their guy in like a year, a year and a half or so, which I think even then is pretty soon for him. But I think that that's his role right now. And he's liking the role. He's getting paid good money to be a trainer of sorts. Uh, and also just a couple of corrections. Um, we didn't, we didn't announce that uh, Matt Riddle came out on a, on a camel. He, he, that was his big entrance. And, and that he didn't the camel clutch. <laughs> error, error there. Should have won with the camel clutch, but you know, you can't have everything. I love the entrance, especially Randy Orton just walking aside the the camel. That was one of the best sights I've seen at a wrestling show all year. And uh, another correction, Chaz has pointed out, karate player is the proper term, apparently. So there you go. The more you know. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Um, We got a promo video for Charlotte Flair because she's on SmackDown tonight. Then we got the finals of the Queen's Crown Tournament. Do drop versus Lena Vega. I have very few notes for this. I've just written Vega wins with the code red clean as a sheet. Her cape fell off while she tried to put it on. I was was pulling for do drop, man. I want a do drop to win. This is is another instinct, uh, Luke, where... (laughs) Come on, do the do. Do the do the drop. It's great. Everyone loves doing do. the drop. Oh yeah. Doom doom. Doom 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 doom. I'm the That's right. Put the belt on, put the belt on her right now. <laughs> well, I, I kind of had a feeling Salita was gonna win here because when you look at the King of the Ring tournament, that had two baby faces. There's only one heel in throughout two mm. tournament finals. So you kind of have to go with her. And it would make sense for the Queen's Crown tournament that a woman that had one win in over a year would be the one to win the whole tournament. That kind of just describes this Queen's Crown tournament in a nutshell. I did like her um around the world DDT on Drew Drop. That was a highlight to this matchup. But yeah, nothing much else to say here. And it was safe to say, you know, all the credit to them for being able to, you know, be on a Saudi Arabia show, be two matches, first time ever, uh, two women's matches on a Saudi Arabia show. But this was probably the weakest match of the night. Yeah, I would certainly say so. Yeah, like I think the, the Zelina Vega thing, I, I was thinking about this this morning, and it kind of adds up for me, really. Like, you know, everyone said, oh, she came back and all she did was get jobbed out, and now she's won the tournament. And I'm like, yeah, this is the reward because, like, she got jobbed out because she left. Yeah. They had a disagreement. She wanted to do Twitch. They said no. She, so she got it defiantly. They, they parted ways. And then she started talking to union reps and she was talking about unionization and everything like that. Then she went back. Of course, she's going to get punished for that. That's the way the WWE operate. Of course, they're going to punish you for uh, you know going against their own ideals, going against talking about unionization, all this. They had to punish her for that. So, of course, she loses and loses and loses. And because she doesn't kick up a stink for all of the losing and losing and losing and losing, the reward you get at the end of that is the Queen's Crown Tournament. And, they, and there you go. Like we really, I probably should have seen it from from the get go. I didn't because I thought. Dewdrop was going to win because I wanted Dewdrop to win. Like Marge Simpson, I just think she's neat, and I I want her. I want all the best for for Viper. So 
uh, you know, uh, it'll be a. Well, I was about to say it'll be a fun gimmick, but I don't know that for sure. It'll be it, it'll be a gimmick, is what I will say. It'll be a gimmick on Raw. Anything else to add? I mean, she's gonna pre- pretty much be King Barrett all over again, or or King Corbin, or King Sheamus. Yeah. I, I don't see this leading to her winning a lot of matches. But I totally agree with your sentiment that she didn't complain about all the losing. She didn't complain about not being on the nine eleven edition of SmackDown. So this is her reward for it, and I'm happy for her. And if WWE doesn't call her the Queen of Queens. Uh, they're they're losing money they're leaving money on the table as a new yorker i'm happy to see my new york sister you know win something and queen of queens come on it's that simple that is real good i i'm I'm actually gonna put a bit of um i'm gonna put a conspiracy theory out there now that i've literally come off with the top of my head i think they kept off that 9-11 show on purpose as part of the punishments and see if she complains she didn't kick up a stink you get the queen's crown tournaments not saying that's I'm not saying that's uh, true or anything. I haven't heard anything about to that, but I'm just like, it's knowing the way that WWE operates, I can totally see them doing it. It makes sense. This is this yeah. goes to, with the WWE playbook for sure. Uh Bubbles Lashley versus Goldberg was up next. This match made Bobby Lashley look like a total jabroni. <laughs> like this one of the most protected guys all year long has been Bob Lashley. And then Goldberg just comes out, makes him look like an absolute dick, and then just pins him clean as a sheet. Made him look like an absolute tool. I came out and feel like, poor Bob. What did Bob do to upset everyone apart from beat up Gage? I felt real bad for Lashley in this match. Well, this is this is the reason why for so many weeks we had our wrestling daily. People said us ultra chats like, I want the hurt business to get back together. I want the hurt business to come back. I was like, leave it alone, let it go, stop saying that because you don't want it to happen. Because this is the type of stuff that happens when you beg WWE to bring back something that they killed dead. They they killed it at the peak of the Hurt Business being together. They were Raw Tag Team Champions and WWE Champion at the same time. The group had all of the gold. And then they ended it. We should have just left it alone. Nope, we kept begging for it to happen. And look what happens. Not only do the Hurt Business lose on the pre-show to the Usos, Usos who are one of the top like heel tag teams on SmackDown, but they're baby faces here because you got to get the pop from the, from the fans on the kickoff show. Then they come out. They get dropped within seconds. Uh, they have weapons in their hand. Like, Goldberg yeah, didn't they're, even... They're no match for Goldberg. They're no match for Goldberg's feet. Come on now. Kendo Stig versus Goldberg's feet killed Bret Hart with those feet. Like, he's like what do you think Sean Benjamin's going to be able to do? That is true. It did, it did end Brett's career. That is true. That's a good point. But, yeah, he just completely wipes through the Hurt business. But... I got to give credit where credit is due. This is probably Goldberg's best match since like the WrestleMania 33 or the Dolph Ziggler squash. Dolph I, match 100%. Yeah, like I, this was a uh, fun brawl. It went around the ring in swords. Uh, Bobby Lashley sold very well for him, but this was his role on the night. We all knew when they had this rematch, when it's not for the WWE Championship, that Goldberg was going to win. He's got to avenge his son, and he killed him with a spear through a table. And the fact that Goldberg did that spot surprised the hell out of me. I did not expect that from him. That's the biggest bump that man has ever taken in his life. 
certainly like he went he went knees first into the table i didn't even see the table like i kept i was doing on the watch along i was like oh he's about to smear him off the stage and everybody around me's like no 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 that's not gonna happen and i was like yep see it happened i was surprised myself when i said it but it happened and I, it was a fun little end to the matchup bobby lashley deserves the credit but i i really honestly have no idea where bobby lashley goes next on monday night raw now um, I was about to say, well, you can't because yeah, he's lost to Beige. Like he lost to Beige conclusively as well. Like so, you can't rerun that. Yeah, I don't know where you go with Bob now. Like, you mean I've... do you go back into the like feeding with Damian Priest or something? Go back after the U.S. title? Could he could do that? Uh, he could say like he never really lost because he didn't take the pinfall in that triple threat. So you can go out back after that, and that would put over Damian Priest. But that's him just putting over someone else. It's like I want to see him actually, you know, get something out of all. He was one of the more protected guys during the whole pandemic, into you know when the fans came back and that dominant uh, win against Kofi Kingston at Money in the Bank. But it's just like. There's really nothing for him, it seems now. Maybe a feud with Edge would be pretty good as well, but I'm I'm just disappointed in all the fans that ask for the hurt business to come back. If this if if all you wanted was camera time for Cedric and Shelton, congratulations. Camera time to lose every freaking week. Yeah, I mean, I okay, so when when I heard that the Hurt Business were back, I was like, well, I mean, he's feuding with Bob, and Bob needs to be, sorry, he's feuding with Goldberg. Goldberg needs to beat up some lackeys. Like, MVP's not there. He needs to beat up some other people. It may as well be Cedric and Shelton. Um, I mean, they weren't even drafted together. Like, they weren't even drafted as the Hurt Business. Drafted oh. as separate picks. What are idiots? <laughs> Why would you take them as separate picks? Why? Oh man! It's like the new day. Like, why did you draft them as separate picks? Like, if you're if like in a kayfabe world, in a real world where they were like, it's done by Raw executives and SmackDown executives, whoever they may be, and the networks and stuff. What network is looking at being like, well, we could have three guys for one pick, or we could get three guys across two picks. Like, there's there's no logic behind any of that. It's like it doesn't make any sense because you can get the WWE champion, a former WWE champion, and you know, tag team specialist. Now we we know what he did here at this show, Xavier Woods. Or you could just get the WWE champion and let the other brand get the other guy. And then the other brand not only gets the other two of the new day, they drafted four people with one pick in hit row. Like it's just oh, yeah. it doesn't make it make sense. That's all we ask from WWE, and they continue to let us down um speaking of woods king of the ring finals they did it you guys we all thought that they weren't going to we thought it would be gender we thought it would be i don't know someone else we thought it would be finn balor prince balor becomes a king turns heel what have you they just gave us woods they gave us king woods they gave us the thing that we wanted thumbs up to that very very happy to see that the outpouring of love online for it has been great like you know i saw um uh, cash and dax were like you know uh, from yeah. AEW were pre- like posting about they were watching it and you know given the, the video of kofi um watching the matches is, is heartbreaking hannah one of the moderators over at fightful her live reactions to it were just like spectacular to see because like it's, it's emotional investment in something so it, it, this is what woods has wanted and woods has got the thing that he wanted I wish it wasn't at a Saudi show, but he got the thing that he wanted. I also wish that the New Day were out there celebrating with him, but you know they don't like them as a group, I guess. So I'm I'm happy nonetheless. Thumbs up from me. 
yeah, this this felt like a great moment for him. Just the emotion that poured out of him as soon as he got the the three count. Uh, it was a really good matchup as well. Just under ten minutes, but it went back and forth. Really good action. Arguably, probably one of his better uh, singles matches since coming to WWE. So this was just a great moment. All hail King Woods and WWE for one of the rare times just gave us what we wanted. It's it's very rare it happens, so we got to be happy when it does happen. But I'm hoping because like we just said, like we said earlier with SmackDown, there's really just Drew McIntyre for Roman Reigns. Use this win to propel Xavier Woods because you can do a longer storyline because we know at Survivor Series, it's going to be uh, the WWE Champion versus the Universal Champion. So you have that interplay there. And then you can develop that into day one, the first pay-per-view of 2022. Make that be Xavier Woods versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. I'd love that because I'd like to see the King of the Ring do something more because that's the way it used yeah. to be. You won King of the Ring, you got the title shot of the next pay-per-view, you know, as well. Like, yeah. Lesnar got the belt, our angle got the belt. Like this is how you kind of like build and propel your stars. I'd love to see that. He doesn't have to win the belt, but you have a really good competitive match against Roman Reigns. I'd love that on a pay-per-view. I think that'd be really, really great. Um, I, I just hope it's not just King gimmick. Because that's what this usually is, right? Like it's usually yeah. just you put the crown on, you called King, whatever. And then you do King stuff for a year. And then I don't know, Shinsuke Nakamura feuds with you over the over it for, I don't know, seven years. And then he wins it and then just gives it back and isn't even in the tournament to win it. What was all that Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> boulder dash, by the way? Nakamura feuding with Corbin week after week after week in boring matches that Baron Corbin somehow won some of. And then Baron Corbin pinched Shinsuke Nakamura a handful of times this year, lest we forget. And then Shinsuke Nakamura was King Nakamura for a cup of coffee. And then they said on commentary, hey, he just handed the crown back. He's not even in the smegging tournament. Like, how, why did he care so much? Why did I, why was this on my television wasting my time? I would like to see something better from the King of the Ring this time round. I hope. I hope. And I think with Xavier Woods, it's just going to be a part of the New Day gimmick. But I I thought that his uh, network exclusive or online exclusive interview was very powerful. You know, this was his dream. This was his Mm -hmm. Kofi mania. This was his Big E cash in. This is what he's always dreamed. A lot of wrestlers dream to become the WWE champion or, you know, women's champion. But he dreamed to be the king of the ring and he was able to achieve that. So I'm very happy for him. If this is just a, a, a moment in a vacuum, then great. We can enjoy it. We can celebrate it. Hopefully he gets a celebration with the New Day or at least with Kofi on SmackDown tonight. But I just hope that it's at least to something more, whether that's Roman Reigns and the WWE and the WWE Universal Championship, or whether that's against Nakamura, the the last person who had the crown and is Intercontinental Champion. There's a lot of different ways they can go with it. Hopefully, it leads for something for Woods. Uh, speaking of Beige taking on Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship match. Oh man, talk about like big big men slapping me. That's what this was. Meaty men slapping me. And I was here for it. The um there was this, there was this moment when and like I the camera work wasn't all that great through a lot of this. Um yeah. like the whole show there were times when they were cutting to the crowd during pinfalls, very very bad at times. There was a great bit of camera work in this match though which is when Drew had been thrown to the outside and Biggie goes up to do his spear through the ropes, right? So he runs against the ropes and he runs back in and the camera didn't see Drew get back in 
and hit the claymore. It yeah. was wicked. Really, really good. Like, probably like, oh man, genuinely good camera work from WWE and a great near fall. Was that was that, that the near fall where he kicked out of it? That was really, really good. That was the near fall that got me really into this matchup because I was just like, you know, thought this would be a good match to really elevate Big E and firmly establish him as the top baby face on Monday Night Raw as Drew McIntyre goes to SmackDown. But those near falls first with Drew kicking out of the big ending and then that Claymore, like you said, the camera work was exceptional there. And then uh, Big E kicking out really surprised me because the Claymore has been one of the more protected finishers in all of wwe so that kick out really told me that they view big e at a place higher than even i viewed him so i i love i love this match this was a heavyweight slugfest like you said big meaty men slapping meat is exactly the type of title reign that big e wants he had that with bobby lashley inside a steel cage he had that with mcintyre here so i love how they're really booking this title reign right now i'm so in for it like i feel like i think wwe are, are behind him like he yeah. kicked out the Claymore, man. He beat Drew McIntyre clean as a sheet. I want to see, this is what Kofi never got. Kofi won the belt and it was a great moment, but WWE didn't want to give him the belt. And so he was treated like a mid-card guy from the second that he won that belt and he feuded with Dolph Ziggler and that was about it. He never got this moment. And Beach has got this moment several times over now. Like I think they are, I, I, they're fully behind him and I'm, and I'm all here for it. Uh, I was really, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, Hey, do you know like how um, Jamal Khashoggi used to write some really mean things uh, about the Saudi Arabian government? So uh, they yes. tricked him to go to a consulate and then they murdered him and dismembered his body um, so they could get out in separate places. Oh, and do you know like how you can just be like, you could be murdered and sort of stoned because you are uh, a homosexual? Anyway, be a star, everyone. They did a be a star campaign in the middle of this show and it felt well weird. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. what is going on? This is like Ooh. way to read the room after this. I like, I was like, what what timing on that one? Right before the second women's match on the show as well. Well, do you know who was a star? Um, we, I mean, we're nearing, nearing the end of the show now, but I wanted to give uh, a shout out to one of our favorite stars. And that is Mod Mother Jenna. Uh, we raised five thousand dollars over five thousand dollars uh yesterday for a breast cancer charity and mod mother not only cut off all of her pigtails and stuff because she uh, she had some hair like you know we have shaved yeah. our heads over like charity streams recently and it's pretty much just meant nothing because look at the state of us already mod mother actually had hair and she <laughs> cut it all off. She shaved it all off because she raised over five thousand dollars. Shout out to Mod Mother. Uh, shout out to every single one of you who donated as well. Wow, we love every single one of you. You're all stars to us, as are Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Sasha Banks. My match of the night, SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch retains um, with a roll up on Banks holding the rope, so it wasn't a clean victory. But uh, yeah. Man, this match was all about Bianca Belair. Like they, this match, like every single spot seemingly was designed to make Bianca Belair look awesome, and she always did. 
And that's what they needed to do because a lot of people, you know, I, I feel like SummerSlam is not viewed as good as it was. It's always going to be remembered for what they did to Bianca Belair. So they have done a good job throughout, you know, the Extreme Rules match with Becky Lynch, which I thought was well on its way to be a match of the night there until Sasha Banks interfered. And then this match here with the crowd so invested, the crowd reacted to Becky like she was she was over and a top star they reacted to Sasha like she was a top star and Bianca Belair just looked like a top star from the one arm gorilla press slam to uh, Becky with the double disarmor and Bianca lifts both women up on her back like I was like this match is awesome this was there was so many spots where they just highlighted how powerful bianca belair was the 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 um deadlift suplex on becky as well there was just so many stuff to call out and it was all about bianca belair putting the spotlight on her and then she doesn't take the pin as well and it's just like why didn't they just have her beat Charlotte on Monday Night Raw? Like, she's on Monday Night Raw. That would have been a good moment there as well. They were well on their way to having one of the best TV matches of the year there. And her coming in as Raw Women's Champion and then not losing here, I think would have meant a little bit more. But I love how they put over Bianca here. I was, um, of the little bit of um, wrestling I did see, I watched like some clips on YouTube, right? I didn't watch a full, that's a lie, actually. I watched the draft episodes uh, and I basically just saw fast forward. I got through Raw in about an, an hour, basically, on, on BT Sports. Um, but what, the one of the things that I did see when I was watching Bianca wrestle, and I was thinking about this when I was watching this match as well, the four horsewomen have got a reputation, right? Like they have got a reputation for being like the best. Uh, Becky and Sasha, you put those two in there, they're going to have a great match. You put yeah. Becky and Charlotte in there, they're going to have a great match. You put Banks and Bailey in there, they're going to have a great match. Basically, that four, like that four combination, like perfect Lego blocks. No matter yeah. what combination you put them in, it's always going to build something strong. Bianca Belair wasn't part of that four horsewomen, but feels like she was. Because like she is like you just slot her in there with any one of those four and she puts on a fantastic match. Like she's been doing it for years and she hasn't been doing it for years. She has not been doing this for very long, but she feels like she was with them in NXT those seven years ago. She feels like she she just belongs. A absolute megastar she is. They protected her so well, and we should say congratulations to her on becoming the number one in the PWI Women's 150. Uh, I, I believe she's the first African-American, period, to be number one in the uh, PWI. Really? And especially, especially the I know the women's, I, I believe the women's, because I don't think Sasha Banks had won it before. Bailey won it last year. I'm not sure about the year before that. But I don't even remember, really, on the PWI uh, 500, maybe the Rock was uh, number one one year, but to be the first female to do it is exceptional. A great job by her. And what a year she had, like winning oh, yeah. the Raw Rumble, then the main event of WrestleMania. Oh, awesome con. Yeah, that was a good shout. Uh, Joe Hansen in the chat. Uh, awesome con. Yeah, she was number one in 2008. But first one in 12, 13 years, that's something to not to be you know shy about either. And just a great year. She deserves it. And I just hope that on Monday Night Raw, she continues this push in this upward trajectory that she's on and our main event was brock lesnar versus roman reigns universal championship i'm going to echo what you said earlier this is probably the best roman reigns match we've had or best roman reigns brock lesnar match we've had in a long ass time 
Like, I think the, the, the whole promotion of this is like, this could be the best WWE match of all time, Michael Cole kept saying. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't count your chickens before they hatch there, Michael. However, really, I mean, this match did not go very long. This was, it felt like less than 10 minutes, maybe, maybe 10 tops. And they just went in there and they just did all their stuff. Like it was, you know, F5 attempts, the spear attempts, suplexes out the wazoo. Roman Reigns' dive that he did over the top ropes, his big Undertaker dive was spectacular stuff. I did not like the finish though. Uh, it was an F5 into Charles Robinson, the referee. So the ref didn't see the pin. It made the referee look like a dork because, like, why were you standing there, you big idiots? Like, you've seen, you've seen a Brock Lesnar match before, right? You knob, and he just got got wiped out. Um, and then, like, Re- Heyman threw the belt in, and I believe what he said was, "I don't know what to do." And then Roman and uh, Brock had the tug of war over the belt again, and I got horrible flashbacks to their WrestleMania build. I'm like, oh god, let's not do this again. Usos hit the super kick, uh, and then Roman hit the spear. I know he hit a belt shot on on uh, Brock to uh, retain. Screwy finish. I didn't like the. F- I hated the finish of this. Really, really didn't like it. But it's there to set up the rematch at WrestleMania. Yeah, <sighs> but, you know, the match was fun. It it was a lot of fun. They hit all their big spots. I like the the uh, Paul Heyman throwing the title in between, and he says, uh, "You know what to do." But we don't know oh, who we say. Yeah, I, I thought he said I don't know what to do. That's actually much. That's really nice. That's a really nice touch. Yes, and I love him like just turning around. Like I, I can't even watch. I can't even. And then the the pictures of them celebrating the bloodline, and he's just standing there like, like, like he's like looks so distressed. It was great selling after the matchup, and but I agree uh, with how the uh, Roman got the pin. After all that Brock Lesnar has been through, after Seth Rollins hitting like a hundred curb stomps on him at WrestleMania 35, while Drew McIntyre hitting like a hundred claymores against him at WrestleMania 36, he loses from a super kick and a belt shot. That doesn't that didn't seem too believable. So I do agree with you there. The Paul Heyman part was great, but as far as everything after the fact, that yeah, that was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you corrected me on that one because I think that massively improves it. it. It improves the finish to me somewhat. I still think like the referee bump I did not like at all. And yeah, like you say, like I think him just going down after one belt shot didn't feel very Brock Lesnar-y. But yeah, like the building to the rematch. That's what this is all yeah. about. Like this is just a stepping stone to get to the big matchup. I'm presuming it's going to be at Mania. But really, that overall fun show. A really, really great paper. That was a great, great pay per view from top to bottom. Massively into it. What did you make of it? I would say a seven and a half, eight out of 10 type of show from top to bottom. The best Saudi Arabia show. I would say right up there with money in the bank for the best WWE pay-per-view of the year. And just so much that you could take from it and enjoy. And I love, although I didn't really love the finish for Roman and Brock, it does set up them to continue the feud afterwards because we don't know what side Paul Heyman is on. So I think all the finishes made sense and it was well booked and that's not something I can always say after a WWE show. Uh, let's get into your final old chats. Have you got time to still hang around with us? Because uh, I know you've got your own uh, show to be doing. 
I got about like two minutes, so so yeah. Okay, can do okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, CM Chris says hello, SP3. You good egg, and welcome back, Luke Dad. Huge weekend for AEW Dynamite and Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory tomorrow. I'm super excited. I'm going to be exhausted. Subscribe to Wrestling Daily. Uh, Danny G said, "Welcome back, Luke. Looking surprisingly fresh. The stream was fun, but to be honest, it made me watch CJ when I wouldn't. Oh, uh, made me watch Crown Jewel when I wouldn't otherwise, and I don't think that was the aim." Uh, what about counterbooking a charity Quizzlemania next time? I think the audience would be there. Well, you see, the thing is with that, Danny, is that when we didn't do the Greatest Royal Rumble, we actually got people having, having a go at us for not reviewing it because they'd watched it and they wanted us to review it. Which is why we ended up doing them. We wanted to do like charity streams and they're just think, yeah, maybe we'll do a Quizzlemania. I mean, we only did them once a month now anyway. Um, Nate S, who has been a, a member six months in a row nate s uh xavier's post about his kids watching him was the most wholesome thing ever onion chopping tweets tyrone kid i was so proud of xavier being a king of the ring you guys were saying that wb gave us what we want but more importantly they gave him what he has always wanted true love that when he won he said oh this was great this is for breeze we missed you, Luke. Dad, that dad, dad. Well, thank you so much for that. And thank you everyone in the comments as well who's been giving me well wishes. Um, uh, it's good since coming back. It's great to be back, everyone. Um, Miss uh, uh, CJ Lee says, hey, guys, welcome back, Luke. What did you think of the PWI uh, 150 best female list? Uh, Bianca proves that she deserves the number one spot. About to say Alexa at 77 is far too low. Um, how do you think she's going to return? Congrats again. I would remind you, Chris, it's a kayfabe list. Yes. She hasn't won a title. That's going to knock you down massively. It's not based on in-ring acumen or anything like that. It's it's based on accomplishments. And she hasn't had any accomplishments this year. I mean, especially did beat Randy Orton. So maybe that's what got her to seventy-seven. So exactly. yeah, like that. But that is why. <laughs> I, I mean, I I love that Diana Parata was number three. Britt Baker was number four. I would have loved Thunder Rosa to be a little bit higher, but I can't complain about the top ten of the PWI Women's One Fifty. No, same here. Uh, legit underboss said, CM Punk, no one's going to top this return. Shibata, hold my beer. Luke, all right, boys, let me show you how this is all done. That's <laughs> worth. Um, we got all man, of those in the last two months. Let's go. Shibata, man. Hold. Do you know what? It was so funny. So I was in the office yesterday doing some stuff for Cineworld, and uh, producer Rich was like, he was there doing his producing work. And I, I saw the Shabbata thing and I turned to him and said, Rich, do you want a spoiler from the G1? And he went, um, I mean, yeah, go on then. Tell me what it is. Who won? And I said, oh, it's, uh, that match hasn't actually started yet. But Shabbata just had a match. And he went, huh? Wait, what? Like it was a proper like, <laughs> like, uh, uh, like double down. I'm like, uh, you just, hold on. What? Shabbata? An actual match. I was like, yeah, but, I mean, basically. Like he didn't take any bumps or anything, but he had like a five minute exhibition match with, with Zack Sabre Jr. of all people. And then he said afterwards, the next is going to be a real match. Oh, I'm oh, so happy. So, so happy for Shibata. That's so, so great. We got Brian Danielson. We've gotten Shibata, like uh, Christian coming back, Edge. Like, it's so great when when someone that you think is done, is their career is over, can come back, especially the injury he had, brain surgery. Like, oh, it's man. it's crazy that he was back. And what a moment, what a high and what a low that G1 uh, finals was <laughs> with Obushi going down at the end. But I, I love the Shibata moment. Absolutely. Um, Jaden McNally said, who do you think you are? I am. Um, uh, Mayor of Painsville, Dan, says, hello, Luke and SP3. Wait, Luke, woohoo! Welcome back, man. 
welcome back. Hope I uh, missed you lots. Hope everything is well. How hard was it to leave the kid for work? I hope it's not too hard. Best weekend wishes to everyone. She's just downstairs. Um, uh, so I said my little goodbye to her before I uh, finished lunch. Leaving yesterday felt a bit weird, I'll be honest with you, like going to work. Uh, yeah. But, you know, my wife is the greatest human being I've ever met in my life. So she's got um but that is all we've got time for on this edition of the show please the they're going to be spamming the link for it right now in the chat go and watch ollie's punishment video it's amazing the judas in my mind but thank you sp3 for coming on to this show everyone go support wrestling daily support true heel heat as well an incredible incredible youtube channel you my friend i i'm so glad that we got to do this show together again because we haven't done a show together like this in a while like just the two of us um so i'm very very pleased for that uh shill away my friend before you get out of here you can find me over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, True Hill Heat 148, tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, 4.05 p.m. UK, with Stephanie Hypes as our special guest. Go over and subscribe over there. Of course, Wrestling Daily YouTube channel later today. Alex will be with the NWA podcast from Post Wrestling every single weekday, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as 8 p.m. UK. And then you can catch me over on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel in about one minute with Jeremy Lambert of Fightful to preview Bound for Glory. Yeah, I mean, what a fun show that's going to be as well. Yes. Inspiration. Um, Brawn for Glory, you might say. Um, so uh, thank you all so much for watching. For anyone wondering, Denise was a bit busy, so that's why Denise isn't doing the show next week. But Team Danuke rides together again next Friday uh, with Chris Van Vliet is our special guest on this show. The most handsome man I've ever met in my life. So thank you all so much for, apart from SV Dream Force. Um, so thank you all so much for joining us here. Have a great weekend, everyone. It's fun to be back. Uh, I've been the kind. That was SP3, and that was wrestling. Jam that jam, everyone. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.